0: It's a great day to be alive. This is Iango Kucheng. I'm so glad and thankful that I'm able to come to you today. And I really believe that the messages you've been sending your way have been a blessing to you. Mm-hmm. And please, like I have uh, 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 asked for in time past, help us to share this message. Let it go far and wide. And if you've been blessed by them, let others be blessed. And of course, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much. And let me bring to your attention again our website, Our website is up, and uh, you can go in there, and there are some beautiful and uh, good resources over there for you. It's www.faithimpactmins.org. www.faithimpactmins.org. Glory be to God. So today, uh, we're going to be looking at, uh, I believe this will bless you a great deal. This will really help you. Go ahead and turn to uh, Luke chapter eight. Uh, Luke chapter one. I'm sorry. Luke one. Luke one. God never forgets you. God never forgets you. He will never forget you. He remembers you. You're the apple of His eyes. You may be going through different unpleasant situations or circumstances right now. But his word is true. He is faithful. He never forgets you. Let me begin reading there from Luke chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading from verse 5. And this is talking to us about a wonderful couple. A couple that has been faithful to the Lord for many years. So from verse 5 here it says, There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias or the division of Abijah, his wife was the daughter, was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God. Listen, this is the you know giving us the profile of these people, and this is their testimony before God. said so they were both righteous now as they kept the law as best as they could, faithful in all the things of God. you know there are times. We have people who are so faithful, consistent, doing the thing, just serving God as best as they can. But they just have this sore area in their lives. Now, let me go ahead and say this. You know, God answering our prayers, as we come to see, is not dependent really on our performance. It's dependent on the name of Jesus, the Word of God, and how we, you and I, believe God whether we believe God or not. So we don't come to God on the basis of how good or our performance. I'm not saying those things are not important. They're very, very, very important. But just to let us know, we don't receive from God on the basis of how good we have been or our performance. Because the best of our performance does not even begin to measure up to God's standards. Thank God for the grace of God. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus has come and paid the price for us to receive all of God's blessings. And let me put this in here so you really get it as well. Everyone in the Old Testament, whoever was blessed from by God, who received anything from God, did not receive it based on their performance or goodness or anything like that. They received it based on the, uh, on the basis of what Jesus was coming to do. See, Jesus was coming to do some things. And on the base of it, they received whatever it was that they were, you know, looking to receive from God. Hallelujah. And then ever since Jesus died, everybody who was blessed, received from God, healing or whatever, got healed, got blessed as a result of what Jesus has already done. So let's just kind of get that straightened out. Now, verse 6. He said they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Well, does it mean that they kept the law 100%? No, nobody could keep the law 100%. The Bible already told us that. Uh, 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 Paul highlights that in Romans and also makes point, a point about that in Galatians and all that. Because if anybody could fulfill the law exactly the way it was meant to be fulfilled, that person would have then... Been able to do it for the whole of mankind and abolish the law but as best as they could as humans they were able to fulfill it as best as humans and if anybody who was able to do it you know all by themselves then that person would not need the you know the blood sacrifices to be atoned for them and in this case we find here that um Zechariah is of the priestly tribe so <laughs> They couldn't. Yes, the Bible says they were uh, they were blameless. Yes, by human standard, as God, a person could do. Jesus was the only person who came and fulfilled the law exactly in totality, and then that was not a career to everyone who believes in Him. And in so doing, He abolished the law. We don't have to live by the law today. He's given us a new nature that we can live according to the word of God and walk in love. All right, verse 7. But the Bible says here that they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So I want you to really look here. You know, back there in the Old Testament, it was not considered a normal thing maybe for a married couple to say, oh no, we don't want children. No, that was not how they were in the Old Testament. The moment you got, you know, you were married and all that, it was expected that you would be you would have children. So they would desire children. And so, as you see with this couple, definitely they desired to have children. But this blessing just seemed to have eluded them for many, many, many years. It was a reproach. In fact, just to let you see God's standard in this area, I'm going to go ahead here and read to us Exodus 23. You follow me here, Exodus 23. 25, Exodus twenty-three, twenty-five. 25, he says, so shall you serve the Lord your God, he will bless your bread and your water, and then he says, I will take sickness away from the midst of you, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren, see this was God's word in the law, so not just a group of people, it was to a whole nation i read that again from the beginning. So you shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and your water. And then he says, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. So God said this. No, none was to be barren. No miscarriages, nothing. And this was under the law. Now to take this further here, I want, us, I want to read to us from Deuteronomy 7. Deuteronomy 7, reading here from verse 12, says, Then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them. Yeah, they had conditions. These are part of the conditions for the fulfillment of God's word in their lives. It says, Then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenants and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb. Those are your children, fruit of your my children. So this is to the whole nation now. Think about it. God is making a promise, and giving the whole nation a promise, a word that the whole nation, none, it says, will bless the fruit of your womb. So they all were supposed to have children. The fruit of your land, you know, was your labor and your your grain, what you eat, your new wine, and your your new wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle. And the offspring of your livestock, even the offspring of your animals in the land which is swore to your fathers to give you, you shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be male nor female barren among you or among your livestock. Look at that. Not even amongst you, not even amongst your livestock should there be barrenness. So God had a covenant here that covered the whole nation. It says, and the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have not known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. So I want you to see this. God gave, a, made a covenant with the whole nation. All of them. And in that covenant, he said, none will be barren among, not among you, not male or female, or among your livestock. Oh, the whole country, the whole nation. This is the kind of God we're talking about. The God who keeps his word. Hallelujah. And then it says here, and so when God makes a word, he knows what he's able to do, and he can keep his word. So what happens when we see something like this that we're short of? You know, God has given his word, and it's not fulfilled in our lives. What do we do? Do we just sweep it under the rug and pretend like it's not there? Do we do that? As we come to see here, in fact, I love the story of uh, this couple here, Zacharias and Elizabeth. Because it just highlights the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. So it says here, so it was while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, in fact, let me read verse 7 there again, please about me. Say verse 7. says, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. But we just read that God said, none will be barren in the land. None, not even your animals. But we're told here, Elizabeth was barren. So when we see something like this, uh, that doesn't tally with God's word in our lives, what do we do? Do we just assume and just go on, well... It happens for some. It doesn't happen for others. You know, for instance, is God, did Jesus die for the whole world? Certainly he did. Is God able to save everybody right now and the whole world? Let me even break it down a little bit. Everybody in your city, if they were to come to Jesus today and say they want to be born again and they confess Jesus is their Lord, forsook their past, can they be saved? Absolutely. Well, salvation is for for everyone. How come not everybody is saved? How come not everybody is born again? Because, well, these things, yes, God makes a, a promise which belongs to everybody, but each person needs to appropriate this for themselves. In fact, one of the things I love about a story like this, as we go through the Scriptures, there are actually, when you go through your Bible, there were seven distinct Couples, seven, who were barren. Seven distinct couples who were barren. And all those couples in the Bible all had children. Every one of them, they all conceived. I meant to say, they all conceived. Seven of them. Yeah. Elizabeth and Zechariah had the last of them that we see here. There was only one. An eighth one, a woman, her husband had children, but she didn't. And that was David and Mica. And Mica were told, you know, uh, derided and made fun of David for dancing before the Lord. You know, somebody giving their best and worshipping the Lord. And you put them down and deride them and begin to say, hey, look at the way. You know was? He should be dignified before men. And also, consequentially, before God. And not to have rejoiced and danced before the Lord the way he did. And Bible actually lets us know because of that she was barren. In other words, it was of her own choice. Because if, had she repented, had she turned around, she could have conceived. But no, she felt, oh my goodness, look at the maidens in Israel. Look at the common people out there. And look at how undignified the king looks. Whereby he's rejoicing and, and giving his worship before God. And she despised that. And Bible said because of that. She was buried. And that brings us to something here. So when people are offering a sacrifice or ministering to the Lord or something like that, we don't want to put them down. You don't want to interfere with anything. You know, for example, like the, like that, like the sons of Eli who desecrated his sacrifice of the sacrifice of, of the people as they brought it to the Lord. The Lord was really not pleased with that and it cut their lives short. So when it comes to things that have to do with God, God himself, who he is, his majesty, his praise and worship or who he is, no, we don't want to rob God of that. And we don't want to, in any way, desecrate the things of God. Now, those things could have swift, swift consequences. Praise the name of the Lord. And so as we're saying there, this woman was, you know, barren. Verse eight. So it was while he was serving as priest before God, in the order of his division according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, troubled, and fear fell upon him. You know, I've begun. You know, talking here, when we see things in our lives that don't match up or line up with what God's word has said, what do we do? See, that's where, because we have fellowship with God, intimacy with God, that's where we come to plead our case. So don't just sweep it under the rug. You know, God can handle it. If you're not pleased about anything or frustrated, God can handle it. Right here in Isaiah. Follow me here in the book of Isaiah uh, 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 43, and let's go here and read. See, when you're in speaking terms with somebody and in covenant with them and something is not lining up, we should bring it forth and not sweep it under the rug. You remember Hannah, for instance, she was barren. She was one of those people, one of those seven women we talked about who was barren and conceived. She didn't just sweep it under the rug. She brought it forth and sought the Lord about it. So if there are areas in our lives like that, that, you know, kind of like sore areas in our lives, don't sweep it under the rug. Maybe something this year that you were expecting of the Lord and it's not coming to pass and the year is coming to an end, don't just sweep it under the rug. No, bring it before the Lord. Right here in Isaiah 43 from verse 25, listen to what the Lord himself says here. I even... I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Since I will remember your sins, put me in remembrance. Let us contain together. I like the way the King James says, let us plead together. State your case. King James says, set forth your cause. State your case or plead your case that you may be acquitted. And you know, I was bringing before God. You know, the Word God tells us, let us let us reason together. Come, let us reason together. Don't your sins be as scarlet. They shall be as white as snow. Don't sweep it under the rug. Bring it out before God. Yes. Don't just sweep it out there. Because as long as it keeps staying as a sore area in your life, it will keep affecting your going forward and the way you're relating with God. Huh? And God... Can't handle it. God wants you to talk to him about it. You can see what Hannah did about it. She didn't just assume and go ahead. And interestingly, the Bible didn't tell us what happened or didn't happen, you know, uh, 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 what what was responsible for in the case of Hannah. No. It didn't tell us why she didn't conceive. But when she brought it up before God, you know something, something was addressed. You know, we we find it right that one of the things I love about the Word of God, when you go through the Old Testament, for instance, you see instances there where, for example, in the in the division of the inheritance as the children of Israel were going into promised land, and was all oh, you will divide this and give it to the sons, and give it to that, and give it to the sons, and eventually one of those uh, 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 ladies, girls came about. And this man didn't have a, a son to inherit his inheritance. The women came forward and said, "No, no, no! Our father didn't have, didn't have a, a son. Does it mean our father's inheritance will pass on to somebody else?" And the Lord addressed that situation. You know, there are some things until you bring them up before the Lord, they cannot be addressed. And what happened when it was brought before the Lord? The Lord said, "Oh, rightfully, the daughters should inherit." And inheritance should remain in the family. You know, the truth about it is this prayer is based on legal grounds. Legal grounds. Yes, it's based on legal grounds. When we pray today, we pray pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and by the help of the Holy Ghost. And so when something doesn't line up, the aspect of you bringing it up before the Lord is you laying claim to it. And saying, Lord, this should not be. This is mine. And there are things, if you don't lay claim to them, if you don't lay claim to them, they will never fall on you. They will never be yours. Praise the Lord. So let's get right back here to uh, Zechariah. So Zechariah is barren. And we're told they had no children. So and he had gone in there to minister to the Lord. And as you see with the case of Zacharias, uh, Zacharias there, here, it was such a a sore area of their lives, I imagine. And I'm sure they would have prayed about it and all that, but they kind of like forgot it, put it aside. Oh, well, we just keep serving the Lord. We have questions. We don't know what the answers are. We just go on, which is nothing bad with that. But we have better light today that we can bring things to God's remembrance. You know, in Revelation 5, verse 8, we are told that the prayers of the saints, God never forgets our prayers. They are right in His presence in that golden heavenly vial. Right in His presence as a sweet aroma. He loves when we come to Him with those deep hurts and the things that really, really... Touch us. The things that concern us. The things that bother us. Those things that bother us. He's really, really touched by them. And is really concerned. So, right here again. So it was while that while he was serving as priest before God. In the order of his division. According to the custom of the priesthood. His Lord fell to burn incense. When he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying. Outside at the hour of incense. Then we're told that an angel showed up. You see, he here, he here, come here, began to seek the Lord. But there, and of the course, fear fell on him, just naturally, you see, with every other person in the Bible, something unexpected happens, something supernatural happens, an angel shows up. Everybody that you see that an angel appears to, they're afraid. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, this is Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Think about it and your wife Elizabeth shall bear a son and shall call his name. Isn't that interesting? The angel is saying your prayer is heard. You know, that prayer you prayed a long time ago is heard. Do you realize that's the truth? The prayer you've prayed a long time ago is heard even though you've not seen the answers yet? (laughs) Oh, what an interesting thing is! Uh, My time has slipped away from me, dear friend. I'm going to pick up here next time. Your prayer is heard. That's what we just heard, saw here. So God already answered the prayer. We'll pick this up next time. And of course, we'll be able to unpack this and be able to bring truth and life. And I believe this will help you tremendously. Thank you so much for letting me come into your space. And I'd like to encourage you, please help us share this message. Let it go far and wide. And of course, as you've been blessed. You continue to be blessed by this message i love to hear from you. Send me a message. And uh, I'm glad that a number of you have been letting us hear from you. And uh, till next time, it is indeed a great day to be alive. Blessings.